So this was a, a few years ago, and it was right about this time of year, but it was a lot colder. Maybe, maybe some of you might even remember this Sunday. So it was a Sunday, it was in February, and there was a van that was parked out in the, in the south parking lot here. It was a big white, white uh, uh, panel, panel van. Um, my children sometimes refer to them as kidnapper vans. But, um, uh, and I think that's why it caught my attention when I was coming in, because there was, it, it wasn't normally there. And it was a Sunday morning, and I assumed that it was a construction vehicle that someone who was working on a job somewhere around the neighborhood kind of just left in our parking lot for the weekend. And I was right, sort of. So Monday morning came, and I was just getting to work, and I was coming to the parking lot, and a, a guy emerged from the van, not a kidnapper, uh, a guy, but a guy emerged from the van, and he wanted to see if he could run an extension cord from the church out to a space heater in the back of his van where he was living. And that got me all, and it, the temperatures were well below zero, and that got me all kinds of curious and concerned. Now, this poor guy, he, he did work construction, and he was currently without a place to live, except for his van. But more than that, this came up pretty quickly in our conversation, he had not had a bowel movement for over a month. Yeah, his, uh, his, his stomach was like out to here. And I remember he actually wanted me to have put my hand on it, and, and it was hard as a rock. And he was in pain every time he moved. And he, he had no health insurance, but he had a plan. And, and his plan wasn't a good plan, but he had a plan. It was two months from that date that he could sign up for Medicare. And so he was going to try to wait because he knew that if he went over to the hospital, it would deplete all of his retirement savings, which honestly wasn't a lot anyway. And so we, he, I brought him in from the van, of course, and he was in the, in the church. He's in my office, and we were talking. And I got to the point where I was begging him to let me take him to hospital because he wasn't going to make it another two months, and he was going to die an awful death alone in that van. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, well, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right, so he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man went down to, from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now it just so happened that a priest was also going down along that same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, crossed over to the other side of the road, and went on his way. A Samaritan 
who was on a journey, came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. And then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, Take care of him, and when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. So what do you think? Which one of these was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? And the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So the, the guy who was in his van, he didn't come to the church looking for health care. That was, he came looking for an extension cord for his space heater. So here's, here's a little trivia question for you. Do you know why you have all of these hospitals all over the world that are called St. Luke's Hospital? Anybody know? Yeah, Luke was a physician. Um, Luke, so one of the things that was very common was about a century ago, um, churches around the world, they saw the need for health care. You know, as, as, the, as the nation was getting kind of settled and going, churches saw the need for health care, and they would found hospitals in all sorts of towns. And often they would name them St. Luke's, after the writer of the Gospels, who was also a physician. And I was born in Deaconess Hospital in Spokane, Washington, where my mom and my grandmother were born in that same hospital. And the Deaconess Foundation, which is in St. Louis, that was another church group that what they did was they started hospitals all over the place, all over the world, in order so that people could have medical care or health, or health care. Now, I, I sit there and sometimes I think about this, how the world has shifted and with all the costs and the complexities of healthcare today, it is hard. It is hard to imagine little church communities starting something like a hospital. But that's how it happened back in the day. Churches were known for their commitment to healing, but perhaps less so today. The world changed. And healthcare, when you hear healthcare, usually it's being in some, it's used as a political wedge issue and not a faith commitment. And I'm not thinking that's a real great change for our world, honestly. Particularly when I've got a guy who is headed for an awful, awful death in a van. Now, of course, over at Advent Hospital, they would have treated him. I know that. But they also would have charged him for the care. And he and I both knew that that was not going to be inexpensive. And truth be known, it's, you know, it's our church budget day, right? If we're being honest, the cost of that care would have probably been a significant part of this church's whole annual, whole annual budget, right? We know what those things cost. And then I thought even more about it. And I thought, you know, boy, you know, my, my pastor's benevolence fund, it doesn't even touch kind of hospital bills usually. And this is the truth. As a society... We make judgments. And one of the judgments that we make as a society is how much is a person's life worth? How much is that guy's life worth? Now, Kansas politics is again 
trying to decide whether or not to expand Medicaid to help guys like this. And they do this every year. This is nothing new. And even though it wouldn't cost Kansas taxpayer additional taxes, it would, of course, add to the federal debt. We know that. So every year, Medicaid expansion fails. And if we're being honest, guys like that, they die. Jesus didn't have a hierarchy of who deserved care and who didn't. He healed everyone, rich, poor, Romans, the occupiers, and the Jews, religious and not. And he gave his followers, he gives us two main jobs, big picture jobs, lots of ways we can do them. He sends people out into the world to teach and to heal. So what are we? who follow in his way, what do we do in times such as this? Now, a lot of years, Jerry Stogsdale, he is, he's the representative that serves kind of the area around where the church is here, um, he will stop by the church and he will ask me, he'll say, you know, as a faith leader, what priorities do you have as a faith leader for the coming legislation, legislative session? And I'm really boring because every year I say the same thing, Medicaid expansion. It will save lives. Medicaid expansion. And every year he kind of nods. He didn't come this year because I think he kind of knows what I'm going to say now. But, um, but yeah, every year I say the same thing. Because here's the thing. When you're bleeding on the side of the road or you're dying in the back of your panel van, you can't wait for healing. And I finally convinced that guy who was out there, I convinced him to get in my car, and I took him over to Advent. And it never even occurred to me, I thought it was thinking about this, it never even occurred to me to talk about politics, because, you know, you can't wait for the next legislative cycle to, to pass, or for even to hit some magic age when you're deemed ready by our society for care. When you are hurting and when you are dying, you need something to do something now. It's not about politics. It's about a faith commitment to love our neighbors the way that Jesus did, what he talked about, and how he would do it today. People are, who are sick and can't access health care, politics, parties, they, they don't matter. Whether you're a Judean or you're a Levite, doesn't matter. Whether you're a Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. Access to places and to people who are healers is a part of our belief in care. It's about our care for the human dignity for our neighbors. And as Jesus makes clear, the kids get it, right? Anyone in need of mercy is our neighbor. And so in the name of Jesus, I'll answer that question for the society and say, I say that that man's life is worth saving on a cold winter's day, and it's not a dollars and cents issue. That's a faith commitment. Yet, I know that story was kind of an extreme one, but we're a mission post on Mission Road. People stop by here all the time looking for help. And we will continue to provide emergency relief to those in need. We will continue to do that. Medicaid expansion is a way of making sure fewer of our neighbors need that kind of help. That it doesn't come down to that. 
Our political leaders have turned a moral issue with popular support into the, a, a political bargaining tool. And that's not right. And yes, you and I together, we are going to keep working to help those people who are in need when they come into our orbit. I know you would do that. I know that the people in this church community would be the ones to stop when they saw somebody who need, needed help. But how about just taking a moment to, to at least let our, our, our leaders know about doing the right thing for our neighbors too on a bigger scale? How about a letter encouraging them to make health care available to anyone standing in the need of mercy without bankrupting them? How about showing up in the name of love on Valentine's Day? This Valentine's Day, which also happens to be Ash Wednesday, there's a group of people who are going to be meeting out at the state capitol to just show politicians the numbers of people who are saying, please do this. Could you be one of those bodies that shows up on Valentine's Day to make that happen, shows up in the name of love? You can get signed up to be part of that today. This is how we honor our legacy as a people committed to healing in the world. So don't let this opportunity this year pass by. Because this is faith in action. You pray with me. Divine healer, forgive us and rescue us. We live in a world that is skeptical about whether everyone deserves equal access to health care. But that's not your teaching, Lord. That's not the abundant life that you created for us. And every one of us, we, we know that feeling, the, the paper cut, the, the sore tooth, the backache, the deep depression, the pain that simply cannot be ignored, that prevents us from really living, really working, really loving with our whole selves. Pain can make us feel invisible. Pain can preach the lie that can make us feel like we do not deserve a life of dignity. But we worship in spirit and in truth, and we know that you are a giving and a forgiving God who loves and heals without limitation, without boundaries. We know you long for us to be healed in every way. So give our bodies, our hearts, and our minds the healing that we need so that we may go out into the world to share healing with all of our neighbors. May our work and our prayer be lifted up in your name and to your glory, Lord. Amen.